Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com, and welcome to another episode of the John Morris Show. In this episode, we're going to be going through another code snippet, and I'm going to show you how to set up a basic search using HTML, PHP, and MySQL. So if you've ever wanted to provide a search form to your website users so they can search a database that you have on your site, be sure to stay tuned to the episode. This episode is sponsored by the Complete Web Developers Course taught by Rob Percival on Udemy.com. Now what I love about this course is first how comprehensive it is. It's 235 lectures on HTML, CSS, JavaScript, jQuery, Bootstrap, WordPress, PHP, MySQL, APIs, and mobile apps. I mean, it's ridiculous. Second, I love how good of a teacher Rob is. As a former school teacher, Rob knows how to explain complex concepts in ways anyone can understand. And of course, the cool thing is I talked Rob into giving my audience an 85% discount on the course. So check the description of this video for a special link that contains a coupon code good for 85% off of the Complete Web Developers course by Rob Percival. Click that link and you'll be all set for the discount. Now, on to the episode. All right, so let's start off by just showing you what this does. So you can see we have a very basic search form here. And if I type in a search here and hit search, then it will perform the search and it's going to tell me how many results were found and then it's going to list them out. Now, I've done the display here very basically because the main component I want to show you is the back end where you actually perform the search, but this could obviously be links to different URLs or pages or products or whatever your database happens to contain. You can have that information uh, displayed here. So you can see we have 107 results. If we scroll down, then I'm also outputting this in a raw format. So we can talk about that here uh, in just a little bit. All right, so that's what the actual search functionality does. Now let's go ahead and take a look at how to set this up. So first off, a little bit about setup. I have two different kind of pages here. First, I have the class that actually does all of the heavy lifting for the search, which we'll go through. And then I have the actual search page here that you see when you run the search. So let's go through this page first. So you can see we're going to start down here with the HTML. And you can see this is a really just simple HTML page. I have my HTML document. I have my body. I have my search for my H1 tag and then my form is right here. Okay, so I'm putting this in a div called with a class of search form. You can obviously change all these classes and stuff however you want. But then I'm starting my form here. And the two important things here is I'm setting the action to blank, which means that this form is going to submit the data to itself. So this will actually submit the form data that's entered in the form back to this exact same page. So this is called a self-submitting form. And that's what we're gonna do here. Again, depending on your application, you could kind of set this up however you want it. You may actually create a separate script that you send this to, and then your action would be the URL of that script. Uh, so it just depends on your application and how you want this to work. There's not necessarily any inherent advantages to either one, although, for a large application, you're probably going to be submitting it to another script to, to be processed because you're going to have a lot of other things that will happen 
when uh, it's processed. However, again, you can do the self-submitting form like this and it's, it's no problem. If you are submitting to another script, you would actually take this PHP up here and this is what would be in your script because we're doing all of our heavy lifting in our class here. So you see it's not a ton of code up here, but this is what would go in your processing script. All right, so that's the form action and then the method we're using is get. Now, that is kind of the standard method for searches as opposed to a lot of other forms where the standard method is post. And in my experience, the reason why is for linking to searches. So when you use the get method, it's going to pass the form data in the URL. And the advantage of that for linking is that you can actually grab that URL and you could link it, you could send it an email, you could link it on your site, and someone would be taken right back to that exact same search, which you can't really do with post data because post data is sent in the HTTP information. So that, in my experience, has been the main reason why people use the get method on search forms. It's kind of like Google. If you do a search on Google and you want to link to it, you can just copy the URL and send it to somebody. It's kind of the same thing here. So we're going to use the get method. And again, that's standard for doing searches. Then we have a form field div here. Again, that's purely optional. It's just how I like to lay things out. Then we have our label. You don't necessarily need a label here, but we're going to go ahead and put one so that we know it's a search. And then we have our actual search input here. So there's a few things going on. First off, the type I've set to search. Now you could set this to text and it would work just fine. However, I like to set it to what it actually is. And there's a few reasons why. One, uh, when you set it, uh, some fields like the search field will have additional functionality that you can use when you set it to the correct type. So for example, over here, you can see we have this results equals five. And that will actually show the, uh, a magnifying glass that a user, and I'll, I'll show you this here in a minute, uh, that a user can click on to see the last five searches they've done. So it adds extra functionality to this particular field. And as the as HTML progresses and as browsers progress, I also do it because I know that it's likely that the functionality that's available for a certain type of input is going to increase and make it more usable for the user and so forth. So again, I generally try to set it for whatever type it actually is. So here it's search for an email I was asking for, I'd use email for a URL, I'd use URL for a date, I would use date time, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I tried to do that again, text will work. It won't cause it to not work, but it just is a little bit more future proof and hopefully usable for the user. All right, so I have a type set to search. I have the name of this input set to S, which stands for search. Again, in my experience, it's not everywhere, but that's a fairly standard naming convention here. Again, you can use whatever name you want here, but I'm using S. I've created a placeholder called enter your search term. So that's what you see inside the box when it's uh, empty. Uh, as I mentioned, I set the results to five. And then I'm echoing out the value uh, or the, the search term in the value tag here. So the search term is, we get this up here. So if a search is performed, this will actually have the search term populated in the box. If there's no search performed, then it won't and the placeholder will show up. So that's what's going on in this input here. Then finally, we have our submit button, which is a standard submit button here. So input type equals submit and value equals search. 
All right, so that is our form. And then down here is our search results wrapped in an if tag. Now, we're going to go through this in a minute, but I want to follow this kind of step by step as the process happens. So with our form, when someone enters a search term and hits submit, that's going to submit that right back to the same page. So up here in the header area here, then we are checking to see if that information has been submitted. So we're doing an is set on get for the s uh, parameter here so this is our name and when we submit this form you'll actually see s equals whatever the search term is so if we come back over to our site here you can see this is s equals lorem right here as our parameter so uh, we're, we're checking to see if that exists because we if it doesn't there's really no point in us doing anything so we're checking to see if that exists if it does then we're including our search class, which we'll go through here in a minute. And then we're instantiating a new instance of our search class so we can use its functionality. We're setting the search term or we're setting the the search parameter and get to this search term here so we don't have to constantly re-grab it uh, using get. It's a little bit easier to work with here. Uh, so we have our search term here. And then we send the search term to our search class and store the result. So here we're we're sending the search term to our search class and the search method inside of that class and then we're storing that in the search results variable here which we then use down here in displaying our search results all right so that is the uh, on this page how we actually access the class and use it and then if we come down here we're checking to see if search results exist. If they don't, we're not even going to display any of the search stuff here. But if they do, then first we're creating a count. So we're, uh, we're going to echo out the result of search results count, which the class returns, and I'll show you here, that here in a minute. Uh, we're going to echo out that count. So that is what shows us when we see 107 results found. That's what, that gives, that's what gives us that is this area right here. Next, we're just creating a simple results table. And so we're gonna loop through our results. And so for search results, and then the results uh, element here. And I'll show you why, why that is when we get into the class here. But as search result, then we're going to create a div called result. We're creating a paragraph tag and we're echoing out search result title. And then we'll close our loop. And then down here, I'm just printing out the search results raw so that you can actually see what's in those. So this is our results table. We'll probably come back to this uh, after we go through the class and some of this will make a little bit more sense. All right, so that's our search page here. Now, if we hop over to our class here, then we have a few things going on over here. So first off, we are creating our class called search. We've created a private property called MySQLi. I did this just so I can uh, create and uh, uh, set this property to a new instance of the MySQLi class in, in PHP, and then I can use it throughout the functions inside this class without having to, you know, uh, globalize it or reinstantiate every time or call the method or anything like that. So it, it also provides an easy way. A lot of times your your database class will actually be an entire separate class and you would need to instantiate, you need to require that file and instantiate it inside of this class to use it. Well, you're already doing that here anyway, 
you're just doing it to MySQLi directly. So it's easy for you to hook this into an existing application that already has a database class. So that's a, another reason why I did this. All right, so we have that method. We have our constructor and in our constructor, all we're doing is calling our connect method here. And in connect, our connect method, what we're doing is essentially instantiating a new instance of MySQLi and storing that as our property up here. So everything I just covered, that's what we're doing here. So when we instantiate this search class, it's gonna automatically uh, run this connect uh, function and create our MySQLi property that we can use. So then we can come down here into our search method where we're actually doing stuff. And let me create some space down here so I can bring this up. So in our search method, then we're passing in the search term. And the first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna sanitize it. So we even with searches, even though you're not actually inserting the data into the database, you still need to check for SQL injection attacks and so forth. So we are sanitizing the search term and we're doing that by passing it to uh, the MySQLi object and the real escape string method and we're passing in our search term there. And what it will return is a sanitized version of our search term. So we have our sanitized version here and then we're gonna use that down here to run our query. So our query is really pretty straightforward Again, we're using the MySQLi object, we're running the query method on it, but then what we're doing to perform the actual search, and this is kind of the, the meat of this, is we're gonna do select the title. So here you could select the title, the body, all the information that you wanna display in your search results. You want to select the field names or the column names in your database here. In this particular instance, we just have title and body. So, and all I wanted to display was the title. So that's all I selected here. Again, you would select whatever you want. And if you wanted the body, you would just do like this. You would just do comma body, comma summary or whatever your other database columns are. All right, so then we do it from our table. The name of the table is search. And then we do it where the title is like the sanitized uh, variable that we have here. Okay, so using the like a method is going to find everything that is like this particular term. And we're searching the titles for it in this particular statement here. Now, adding these percent signs front and back, essentially what that means is it's going to look for the search term and it can have anything essentially appended to the front or the back of it. Now, if you wanted to get rid of one of these uh, then it would um, only look for stuff where it has a search term and stuff appended to the front. Or or if you remove the other one, then it would only look for stuff appended to the back and so forth. So this allows you to essentially search within text and so forth uh, in order to, to find that search term. So it's a deeper way essentially of finding that search term. So most searches you're going to, unless you really need an exact match, you're probably going to use the these percent signs on the front and back here, okay? So we're searching the title, and then down here, we're also searching the body. So we do or body, and we use like, and we do the exact same thing. So that's going to then search our body for our search term as well. And that's our query. That That's uh, as complicated as it gets, and it's going to search our title and our body. And again, if you wanted to add 
you know, maybe you had another uh, field or another column in your database you wanted to search, you would just add another or statement and another uh, like statement, and you just keep going to search all the things that you want to search. Now, one note here is that this method of search can be a little bit expensive. And so it's it's generally worked from, you know, maybe 500 to 1,000 uh, records searching in that kind of realm will be just fine. Usually it's not going to take a long time, but if you start to get a huge massive database with 10,000 or 20,000 records, then this search will be a little bit slow. So you would want to get into something like full index searching and so forth. So we're not going to do that in this particular setup, but, um, that would be what you want to get into for a massive records database like that. But this works for, you know, just simple searches for a site or or maybe a, a list of products and you have like a hundred products or something like this. This would work just fine for that. All right, so we, we've actually run our query and we've stored the, the resource as this query variable. Now we're just gonna check and see if we have any results. So if we don't have any results, we're just gonna return false. And that's so any application or other part of the application or anything using this method can do a quick check to see if uh, any results were returned from this query and then adjust accordingly. So we're just going to use query and the num rows property. This will be populated with the uh, number of rows that we have returned to us. And so if it's zero, then we know that we don't have any records and we can return false. All right, so that's what we're doing here. Then we need to loop and we need to actually fetch the object. So this query isn't actually a, uh, a an array of results. Okay, it's actually more it's it's a resource that stores information about what was returned from MySQL. So we need to actually loop through and fetch the the actual results and create our our array from the resource. And that's what this is right here. So we create a while loop. And we do row equals query, query fetch object. Now you could do fetch rows, you can do fetch a soch. There's a number of different ways that you can uh, fetch the results and how you want them stored. I like working with objects in an object oriented way. So that's why I always do fetch object. Uh, and then essentially each record, when we do fetch object, each record is gonna be stored into this row variable here. That's what this line does. It fetches each row and stores it as an object in this row variable. So what we're gonna do then is we're going to put that into an array. So this rows and then these brackets is creating an array and then we're gonna set it equal to row. So essentially what this is going to do here is create an array of objects for us that we can then use. All right, so that's what this does. And so we have all of our rows stored as objects in this rows array once this gets done. And then we're going to build our return result. So you could just return rows if that's what you were concerned with. But I do like to try and provide a little bit more information for the rest of the application. So here I'm actually building out a result that has a little bit more info. And of course you could expand this depending on what your application might want from the search results. So here we're setting search results equal to an array. And in that then we're creating an element called count and we're setting that equal to query num rows. Remember num rows gives us how many results we got. So we're setting that equal to count in our array 
And then here under results, we're setting that equal to our actual results. So we're gonna get a multi-level array that has a count element, which tells us how many records we got back. And it's also gonna give us a results element, which has then an, our array of uh, record objects here. So that's what this is doing here. And again, it just makes it easy to, on the search page here, then you'll notice, for example, right here, I can echo out search results count. I can just easily echo that out instead of having to call uh, and try try and integrate num rows into this somehow and and get that that count. I can actually just grab it right from the array that I've created. So it makes it a little bit easier to work with when you return some information. And again, depending on your application, you could add more information to these search results. You could add what the query actually was. I know with WordPress, most of the queries that you do, you also get the query back as an element. So if you're debugging or something, you can look and see what the actual query was. So uh, you could do that. You could do a number of other things to return back to the rest of your application in order to make it easier to work with. All right, so we build that array and then we return our search results here. All right, so that's that's our entire class that we're using here. So again, if we come back over here then and we look at the results, now it makes sense that we have our array stored as search results and we're looping through, we're echoing search results count and search results results is what we're looping through. So if we come down and look at our raw data down here at the bottom, you can see we have an array. Uh, it's got an element called count, which has the number of records for the search. And then we have our results element, which is an array of objects. And in each object is the information about that particular record. And so that's what we loop through and display here. So if we did another search here, just as an example, this one returns 297 results. Um, you know, maybe we could do, let's look at some of these. Let's do tort. That's one of the, the items down here. So it has 170 results. Uh, we could do Gravita, it probably has the same because it's right next to it, yeah. So it has 170 results. We could do Duis or whatever that is, <laughs> 117 results. So you can see for different searches, we're getting different records, different number of results and so forth. All right, so that is how to build a simple search form uh, using HTML, PHP, and MySQL. Now, if you want to get access to this source code, then the way to do that is to head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash resources, or if you're on my website, you can simply click the resources tab right up here, and that will take you to my web developer resources page. Now, I have a whole all kinds of web developer resources on here from classes to the different tools that I use, but if you scroll down to the bottom here, then you'll see a section called code snippets and you'll see php code snippets wordpress code snippets and genesis code snippets so you can go ahead and click on through to the code snippets that apply for the video you're watching and you'll be able to get access to that code snippet now if we click here for example on php code snippets then we will be taken to that page and you'll see all of the different code snippets here and you can click through and you'll get the video you'll get the description and you'll get the code snippet as well. So again, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash resources. Head on down to the code snippet section to get access to the snippet that you're after. 
Of course, while you're here, you might as well look around and see some of the other developer tools and courses that I have available here that are going to help you down your path of becoming a web developer. And since I'm constantly adding to this page, then you might as well bookmark this page and check back often so you can see all of the things that I've added and get access to all of the tools and snippets and courses and things that I'm using throughout my career. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for watching, and I'll talk to you later.